Hey, beautiful humans, before we jump into this episode of the Amplify Her podcast, I want to remind you that there is a networking meeting for the Amplify Her networking group today, Wednesday, July 19th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I would love, love, love to see you there. If you are not familiar, the Amplify Her networking group is a community that I've created to help build community with other women where we talk transparently about our careers, money, and growing on all fronts. Your first meeting is free and you can head to amplifyhermedia.com backslash networking to register. See you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Amplify Her podcast. I am your host, Christina Singh, and the Amplify Her podcast is all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. I'm thrilled, thrilled, thrilled to be back with another episode of the show. Um, This week's episode is gorgeous. It is vulnerable, um, and it also is going to touch on matters that are um, that, that can be deeply triggering for some. Um, So I want to first and foremost offer a content warning and let you all know that in this episode, there is talks of um, sexual abuse and trauma, um, schisms in families due to um, trauma and, um, you know, self-harm and healing. So Right off the bat, I want to say that before we dive in, on this week's episode of the show, we, um, we, meaning me, (laughs) I'm so used to saying stuff like that, I got to chat with Chris Ashley. Now, Chris is a coach, an author, and a speaker, and she has spent over two decades healing. And in this healing journey, She has immersed herself in research and spiritual teaching and practices that involve quantum physics and um, yoga, online courses, and attending tons of events, reading tons of books. But all of this has really led her to become a coach and an author um, and a yoga teacher. And she put all of her teachings into a book, which I know I've interviewed a few people now on this show who have written books. And Chris's book is called Change Your Mind to Change Your Reality. And the the beautiful thing, I think, I think there are a lot of, I mean, I know there are a lot of coaches out there. I've interviewed a lot of coaches on this show. And I think something I am very wary sometimes about the industry of coaching, even though I've had a lot of coaches on this show, Um, because I think that it's really hard to tell sometimes who's done the work and who hasn't, who has really put in the time and the effort and the space and who hasn't. Um, And I also think you know, choosing to work with someone in any capacity on your healing journey is a very personal experience. I've shared mine on this show. I've worked with Kitty and Stephanie and 
shared my experience in those episodes and I had a really positive experience with that, but I was very particular. Something that I absolutely love about this conversation with Chris is it is not, um, it's a wonderful conversation, but it's not sunshiny and just showering things with, with positivity. Um, you know, her experience and the, the ways in which she has been, been healing and, and, and has healed, continues to heal. Um, they're deeply linked with feeling your feelings. And I really adore that. I also think this episode is deeply, deeply important. Um, because this is the first person that I've interviewed on this show that has been incredibly open about their own sexual abuse and what that did to their mental health and how that affected and impacted their life. Um, and I'd like to thank Chris for that vulnerability. Um, it felt so, um, I, I, I felt, I should say so honored that she would trust me with discussing this. I mean, she, she talks about this in her work, but, you know, talking about things like that, it is really, you're trusting people to listen and to hold that space. And I just know that for those of you who are able to listen to this in a healthy way, um, if, if you are not able to listen to this in a healthy way, please do not. I do not want you to, you know, do something that could be unhealthy for you. But if you are able to listen to this, I just know that so many people will find healing and will find a way to relate to these words. Um, and I am definitely going to have Chris back on the show because it was just such a wonderful experience to talk to her. And we didn't get into all of the ways in which she's healed. But if you're interested in learning about all of those ways and, and you know, taking all of this and putting it into practice, the good thing is you can buy her book. So I'm going to link all of the information for Chris's book, Change Your Mind to Change Your Reality, in the show notes. So feel free to go check it out and read it. It is gorgeous. And I can't wait to have her back to chat even more about her work. For now, enjoy this beautiful conversation with Chris Ashley. Chris, welcome to the Amplifier podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here today on the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while now. Oh, me too. We were connected through mutual friend Kitty Gonzalez, who has been on this show two times. Well, technically three because her episode was a two-parter, um, but she is a lovely, lovely human. And I know you know her. Um, how, how do you know Kitty? Uh, so Kitty and I used to teach at the same yoga studio and then, which is funny because on opposite coasts. And I think when the pandemic happened and everything started to be online, we took each other's classes and then that studio closed. I ended up opening my own yoga studio and she reached out and was like, Hey, can I teach? And that was almost three years ago now. She's wow. amazing. She's wonderful. And we yes. we're both coaches. So we have a lot in common. 
Yeah, she's wonderful. And she's had like her own career journey and um, definitely has been detailed on this show. And <laughs> I've worked with her personally. And so it was so lovely. I Anytime Kitty introduces me to anyone, I'm always like, oh, yes, who is this person? I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna definitely talk to them. And so I'm really excited to connect with you because you have done something that so many people want to do, but maybe like haven't done. And that is you wrote a book. And you wrote a book called Change Your Mind to Change Your Reality, which I love that so much because we definitely talk a lot about that on this show. But before we even dive into the book itself and and like everything that you talk about, I really want to talk about you as a person and like what led you to take action in this way, because it's a very dedicated action. I've had a couple of people on the show who have written books and I know it's a lot of work. What has led you to the point where you're like, I am going to put everything on to paper and like have people hear my thoughts. How did that yeah, come about? <laughs> thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, and it starts with uh, a lot of trauma that I went through when I was younger is where my story really starts. So uh, when I was 12 years old, I was sexually abused by a family member. And I had this really big, tight-knit Italian family. If you've ever seen my big, fat Greek wedding, we were the Italian version of that. Wow, wow. Like, everyone's just close and in each other's business. And when my extended family found out what happened, it divided the family down the middle. So uh, holidays became divided. Like, the family of my abuser would take the mornings. My parents and I would take afternoons on Christmas. And uh, I had two cousins who were best friends. And after that, I wasn't permitted to see them. So one day we were inseparable. And the next day they were like ghosts. I have no idea to this day what they were told that happened. And as you can imagine, as a young adolescent, this happened for over four years, I was left with all of these negative emotions that I didn't know how to cope with, right? Anger and guilt and shame. And, you know, when you're going through something like that, you don't realize that other people have gone through that, right? It's a very isolating experience. And I developed PTSD. I started lashing out in school. I was always in trouble as an adolescent. I, I turned to drugs. I turned to cutting all these self-harming behaviors. And I was in a really dark place. And then my life changed when someone handed me this book when I was 17 years old, back in 2002. It was called The Ancient Secret of the Flower of Life. And I remember reading that book and turning those pages and it felt like the truth. Like for the first time ever, I was like, oh, wow, there is another way to view the world that we're in. There's another way to be here, to live, to think about things. And it just, it just blew my mind wide open. And I always like to say I felt like a sleeper agent, right? Like something inside of me just woke up. And I call that my spiritual awakening. And when I finished that book, I just started reaching for more and I just became insatiable. I was devouring every spiritual, metaphysical, new age, personal development, psychology book I could get my hands on. And as I was reading all these things and I was attending workshops and I was finding all these teachers to study under and all these healing modalities to try, my life started to change. And I didn't know it, but I was doing all of this inner work with all these healing modalities and all of this knowledge. And my life completely changed. And I, I started to pull myself out of this rut. And I started to love life again. And things started happening for me. Synchronicity started happening. All of these 
things were falling into place where before it felt like everything was just going wrong. And then the second part of that, which I talk about in the book as well, is that as all these beautiful things were happening to me and I was healing and I was, I was opening my mind and my heart and meeting like-minded people, my mother was going the opposite direction. So her family had been ripped down the seams and she didn't have all these teachers and authors and documentaries that I did. And uh, she, it, it started to manifest this physical illness for her. So she got really seriously sick with, with serious things like cancer and hepatitis, but also really strange afflictions that we had never heard of. She was going to Northwestern uh, Hospital, yeah. which is like right by where they lived. And the doctors there were like, we've only heard of three cases of this in the country. You know, just, just wild things. So they were, they were giving her pills. And then they were giving her pills for the side effects of those pills. And then they were just throwing anything at the wall, hoping something would stick like they tend to do. And as a result, my mother slept a lot and she was sleeping for all but a few hours of daylight. She was nodding off at the dinner table. She was falling down. I remember having like a few times having these amazing conversations with her where I finally told her, like opened up, right? I was a teenager to yeah. all the things I was feeling and what was going on at school and, you know, how I felt about her illness. And we had these, she received them and we had these amazing conversations. And the next day she wouldn't even remember it. She wow. was so far gone. And that lasted almost 15 years. Wow. So, yeah. So I made this promise to myself. And it is a promise I have kept to this day that I would always prioritize my health, my physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health, and I would do everything I could to heal. And it's really become my life's mission, this purpose. And I like to say my mom was my biggest teacher because as I watched her go deeper into depression and illness, I saw what was happening to myself as I went the other way, because I saw what happens to a human body and spirit when they get wrapped up in that loop, right? That cycle. And I saw what was happening to my own body and spirit as I decided to change my mind. So I know that was a really long-winded answer. Oh. That was the start of my journey. And uh, eventually I decided to become a coach to help other people. And the book went hand in hand with that. Thank you so much for sharing your story and for sharing really personal moments. And And I know that you do share these things and, and talk about them, but it's, I think, really important. And I want to go back to um, your abuse, because I think that is something a lot of people um, are impacted by in their lives and maybe have felt similarly to you. Um, you know, I think that there are different ways that one can feel supported and ways that one can feel not supported. And it sounds like you maybe had support on in some way. And then in a major way, you didn't have support. Were you believed when you mentioned your abuse to, to your family? Like were, were you heard? Yeah, that's a really great question. It's funny. I never brought it up to anyone. So the way that they found out was, you know, like I said, I was, I was a train wreck. I was a mess. And my mom was taking me to therapy and to all of these places and nothing was helping. 
And like I said, they live in the Midwest and Mayo Clinic is like, like God there, right? So they took me to Mayo Clinic. And I remember sitting in this room and I was giving given this test to take, this evaluation. And there were probably like 500 questions on this test. And I, I just remember it so clearly. It was in the middle. It was like question 250. And it's it was it was stated so innocently. It said something like, have you ever had an a sexual experience that was unwanted? And if yes, by whom? And I said yes. And that was the first time I've ever admitted that. And I wrote who it was. And that was that. And the story goes, I, my mom might have lied about this, but the story goes that all of that was being sent to my school because I, I was getting in a lot of trouble in high school. I begged my therapist, the therapist there to not tell my mom. I was like so ashamed. I was so embarrassed. I was like, don't tell my mom because they talked to me about it after. And they were like, okay, we're sending this copy to your school. We're going to send a copy to your mom that doesn't have this information in it. Mm -hmm. And the story goes that my mom went through every page that they sent to the school because she didn't trust it. What probably happened was they probably sent her the same copy because yeah. I was a minor, right? Yeah. And uh, they were just trying to, you know, look out like they just, you know, they were trying to make me feel better. And then my mom ended up calling. It, it was, uh, yeah, my mom ended up calling um, the family and the person admitted and he said that it was consensual and I was really, really close to his immediate family. Like I said, his, uh, two of my cousins, I was never permitted to see again. And there was another family member who was like a second mother to me who started leaving me voicemails and writing me letters telling me I wasn't her family anymore and she didn't love me anymore. And, uh, he was her family now. So that was the hardest part for me. Um, the, the reaction of everyone was way more traumatic in the long run than the actual abuse. And yeah. I mean, I'm sure the abuse also really affected me, yeah. obviously, but, but being, um, disowned like that and being betrayed, yeah. uh, was definitely the hardest part. Yeah. I mean, 100%. I think that you were a victim in a situation and you were someone who was a victim of abuse and having someone blame you for abuse is going to be incredibly hurtful and having people not stand up for you when you were abused is going to like I think the the most powerful thing you had said initially was like it ripped everything down the seams and of your family and um I know so many people can relate to this when they hear this because abuse you know women we are seeing so many stories about women not being believed we are seeing so many stories about women not being served justice, about young women not being believed, of young women being abused and having families take different sides or just not being heard. So much of my show is about women's voices and their stories and believing women's voices and hearing them and hearing 
what's happening in women's lives. And I think what's so pivotal about from what I've heard from you about your story is that this, how could it have not impacted you in the way that it did? And you deserved every ounce of belief and, um, and support and trust and like, and not being shunned, you know, or shamed. And I think that there must have been this, I mean, from what you're telling me, it sounds like there was a deep grief um, that you were experiencing during high school. And then like, really, when you were learning how to heal and how to process your grief, um, how did your, I mean, you touched on this briefly, but like, how did your grief and your, I mean, it honestly sounds like betrayal. Um, how did that manifest during this time when you were processing all of this? Because I, I cannot truly blame you one bit for processing in the way that you did. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. All it, like I said, it's interesting because the the betrayal after was the hardest part, and I I hate saying this, but it was the women in my family and around me who ended up betraying me, and it was it was a woman who was writing me those letters and sending me those voicemails. I remember when my grandpa died, and these little moments that other people probably forget about that stick with you, right? Yeah, I remember when my grandpa died we were, I was standing in um, his yard with my aunt and my mom and we were at the funeral and I was like 18. And I asked my aunt like, oh, are we going to divide it? Like, are they going to take the morning and we're going to take the afternoon? And it just didn't even, that just was how it's been. Right. And she, she yelled at me and she was like, this isn't all about you. You know? And it was like, oh, this is just how I knew things to be, you know? And that stuck with me. And I remember about, Eight years ago, I I actually talk, tried to talk about this with someone in my family for the first time. I, I haven't talked about it with anyone. And I, like I said, I have a really big family. And it was a cousin. And she is actually a professor who teaches gender studies and women's studies. So I thought she would be a really safe person to talk about it with. And I was telling her this story about how this other woman in our family sent me those letters and messages. And her response was, it sounds like you're trying to get me to, to stop talking to people in our family. And it, it was like such a shock. And I haven't talked about it with anyone in our family since. Um, so it's, yeah, it's interesting. It, yeah. it definitely, it, it affected my relationship with other women for a long time is part of, yeah. part of the result that it had. Now I have amazing women friends and it's great, but it, it, it hurt my trust of other women for a long time. Well, of course, because your family, your familial unit, those are the people that shape you. That's the area where you should inevitably feel safest, where you should be able to develop relationships for your life. And those relationships that you've developed were solely hinged on how broken they were and how it is so interesting that there is a blame on you for shifting a focus to you when there just wasn't simply personal responsibility that everyone could have taken. And 
shown you support. And I think that so many people deal with this. And like you said, many don't know until someone speaks on it. And I think that like, I just want to, I, I fully thank you for sharing this right now because it really is so important to talk about. And I know that this is what's led to so much of your journey and your healing. Um, I just don't think people openly talk about the cracks in the foundations of our families after sexual abuse um, and sexual assault, but particularly when it's not believed, when it's not when victims aren't supported or when people aren't advocating for victims and supporting them and putting their priorities first, you shouldn't have had to navigate your family's scheduling. Like that's something that it was put on you. And yeah, you know, that's I really hard. Yeah. I appreciate everything you're saying. You know, I, after doing all the work that I've done and after, you know, I've immersed myself in all these teachings for over two decades. Yeah. You know, at this point, I honestly wouldn't change anything about my past. Right. Right. Because it's, right. it's, it's made me the person that I am today. You know, it's put me on this healing journey and now I get to help other people who are going through the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's like, if, if my story helps even one other person, then it was all worth it. Right. You know, right. that's, that's kind of, and I've also, I've also since forgiven all of those people, you know, not yeah. to their face, but um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I <laughs> think ahead. that so much of the work that it sounds like you've done and that so many that I've done and so many other people do is around healing your inner child and really looking at little Chris and like being that parent, being that family member, being that person that will support your, your journey and like, will be there to walk hand in hand through healing with you. I'm, you know, I love the fact that you said you have been that person for yourself. You're, you're, you're moving forward and, and you're not in that space anymore. I'm curious, you know, when you received this book that changed your life and really changed your perspective, because from so many people that I've interviewed on the show, there are these moments that are like the tap, tap, tap on the shoulder moments where it's like, Ah, yes, this is the resource. This is the moment. This is the thing that I just didn't know existed or I didn't know was out there or I like jumped through the veil of like fear. Mm -hmm. What do you remember? Like the words you were reading that specific moment where you felt like you had more support, like more of a, an opening in your life. Yeah, I do actually. Uh, so that book, it's it's pretty wild. It's pretty out there, and it 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 what that author did is Junvalo Melchizedek is his name. Is he he did a really great job, and it's something I tried to do in my own book of taking teachings from all of these other places and from his own lived experience and putting it together in a cohesive way. So what that book did for me was I realized that there were other ways of seeing the world around me. 
there were other ways of viewing the events that were happening. There were other ways of viewing the events that had happened in history. There were, it, it, it just opened my mind that I was living this tunnel, right? It was like my abuse and my guilt and my shame and my anger and my sadness, like all of that was just all I knew. And it kind of just exploded it wide open. And it was like, there's all these other paths right? There's all of these other things going on around that you're not even aware of, right? That we can't even see sometimes, right? And I geek out over quantum physics all the time because there's so much more happening in our universe, in life than we're aware of right now, right? We just think we're, we're so narrow-minded. People get so stuck in the, even if they're not abused, in the work, sleep, money, entertainment, eat cycle, right? And there's so much more to life than that. And that's what it did. It kind of opened my mind to all of that. And I mentioned that he he brought in all these other authors. So it also gave me these breadcrumbs to follow where I, I got these little teases about all of this other work. And then I had a place to go. So then I read all of those authors and those ones led me to other ones. So it really just opened up a whole new world for me. Yeah. And and when I say whole new world, I mean everything from spirituality to ancient aliens to everything. It was like, oh, there's so <laughs> much more to think about, right? right. Than my little, my little world that I've become like so obsessed with. So it just opened, it opened my world up. Well, I think what's so interesting is there are moments when, th- when that happens where you like, are exposed to even such a minute thing where you're like, holy moly, I didn't know that existed. How beautiful is learning? How wonderful is life? Like you have the opportunity to explore all of this. I love that you said you followed the breadcrumbs, but I also think what's so interesting is you had mentioned, you know, when you were observing your mother and observing like the things that you didn't want in your life, like the things that you didn't want to be, um, or didn't want to like consume or have as a part of your life. I think that also goes really hand in hand with like, okay, I know I don't want certain things, but then how do I open myself up to the other things that I do want? Because that's not always easy. So what were some of the, the immediate challenges that you were facing when you first started to discover more of these resources? Like, I am sure it wasn't so simple um, in, what what were some challenges you were facing at the time? Yeah, I, that's, I love that question so much because it's a big part of what I teach is, you know, 95% of our brain is, our, our, let me rephrase that, 95% of what we think about every single day comes from our unconscious programming. So this is your things like your emotions, your thoughts, your attitudes, your belief system, the lens through which you view the world. And we are just running on this unconscious program 95% of the day. So you can sit there and think positive, right? You can sit there and journal or write your affirmations or do whatever it is you do, but you will be sabotaging yourself 95% of the day because only 5% of the day you're using your conscious mind. So what I really did, and I didn't even know I was doing this, was reprogram my brain. And most of that unconscious programming happens before the age of seven, by the way. And they say that when you're, when you reach 35 years old, basically like 98% of you is just this unconscious program, like a computer program that you're running. So it's really about 
you know, doing that work to unlearn a lot of things, to undo that conditioning, to untangle all of those beliefs that you have about yourself, because our beliefs come from the opinions of the adults we grew up around, right? Everything we've gone through in life, the kids who made fun of you on the playground, the crush who rejected you, all of these things help to form your belief system and your lens. So, you know, I, I love the law of attraction. I teach the law of attraction, yeah. but it's not just this genie in a bottle. And I hate the think positive movement, right? Because you can't just like tell the universe what you want and then kick, sit back, kick your feet up and just wait for it to fall. <laughs> you have to do the work, right? Yeah. yeah. Because otherwise these things are going to sabotage you. So it's really, and, and that took a long time because, you know, there were, there was things like anger or guilt or shame that I would just auto fall back on all the time. And I, I probably still do. I'm not perfect. I'm not, you know, no, it's, course. it's a journey. We're all still growing and learning and doing the work. So you know, there were a lot of moments like that. And even to this day, there'll be moments where I'll, I'll fall back on like anger or something. And my husband now he'll be like, you're acting like your mother. (laughs) And that's where I'm like, Oh, you're right. He knows that that's my, my thing where I'm like, okay, I need to check myself and go sit in meditation or go do some work, you know? Uh, so I'd say that that was really the hardest thing to overcome and that's the hardest thing for anyone to overcome. Of course. I mean, 100% this week, I mean, I can speak for myself like this week. I've just been not feeling like I want to do anything, you know, like I've just been like the, in the, in the low end of the wave, not, not the high part of the wave. And I feel like when you talk about unconscious programming and healing, I love that you mentioned like you have to acknowledge that your feelings and your your past experiences exist and they're not oh, just yeah. going to go away just because you say hey I would like for you to go away and that's the goal <laughs> and I think like there is I've spoken you know about this a lot but really there's this deep need and desire for all of us to feel our feelings and really understand that that's so important. And I think what's so interesting, and I really just so appreciate your vulnerability on this show um, about your relationship with your mother and that desire of, Hey, I would prefer not to be going down this route is I think there is like a lot of not feeling our feelings that can lead to, getting sick or can lead to a lot of um, physical ailments or can, you know, when we talk about regulating our nervous systems, there is so much of a reason as to why someone is getting so sick when they're so stressed or when their body is not responding. How did your body respond when you started to acknowledge your feelings, when you started this reprogram, like how did your body change? Because I know that there's so much that our bodies hold. Yeah, absolutely. And I love everything you just said. And what you were touching on too is repressed emotions, right? right. We we all hold so many repressed emotions and those are going to unconsciously drive our life, right? Where people with repressed emotions are like uh, steam cookers, right? Just waiting to vent some steam. So if you don't take the time to like work on those things and feel them, that's how you get rid of them. You feel them, then they're just going to get unleashed out onto the world. Uh, but I, I, and I, I couldn't agree more that it, 
those things can make you sick. They can cause disease, which we say is dis-ease. They can cause pain. They can cause all sorts of chronic issues. Um, for me, I had, I had uh, really chronic headaches for a long time. I read about that in the book and I, I didn't know what was causing them for a really long time. I, I kind of decided that it was any time I looked at my computer and my phone screen for a long time. So then whenever I did those things, it happened. And I finally realized that it was stress and it was getting so wrapped up in all of these unconscious emotions, right? So now whenever I feel a headache coming on, I just notice where I'm holding tension in my body. And it's usually not where I think it's usually like my thighs and my hips and my shoulders and my jaw. And it's almost like those two things have created a barrier, right? And it keeps all of that pressure inside. So I've, I've noticed that if I just relax and I allow myself to feel whatever I'm feeling, it's like, oh, well, what was I just feeling? And oftentimes it's stress or it's anger, or it's frustration. And now whenever I feel those things, a headache just comes on, but I can, I can soothe it away. Right. So that was, that changed the quality of my life because I got those for a really long time. I, I also had uh, autoimmune flare-ups from everything and those are now under control. But, you know, the last time I went through a really stressful situation, I had one and I was gaining, I had, Hashi, I had Hashimoto's. Um, I've since uh, gotten rid of it, but I went through this really stressful time and I was rapidly gaining weight and I was feeling sluggish and I was having all of these health issues and I didn't know what was going on. And then I, my really good friend is a functional medicine doctor. So he ran labs on me and found out I had Hashimoto's. So just it's, I notice it when there's times of stress, right? That's kind of the underlying theme or when I fall back on things that I haven't worked through yet, right? Those repressed emotions. So it all comes back to feeling your emotions because yeah. once you yeah. feel them, they very quickly dissipate and then you don't have to hold on to those anymore, but it's, it's work. Yeah. I mean, I also think something you're talking about that, you know, we've been mentioning throughout this entire conversation is like using your voice, like acknowledging it, speaking it out loud or like just sharing and having community. I mean, unfortunately it sounds like you didn't have community in the way that you deserved and building that within ourselves and finding community with other people. It's something I can definitely relate to. And I know so many other people can relate to. I'm curious, you know, I, I definitely want to touch more on that community piece, but like you have taken a lot of action and I know that that can be really fearful um, for me, <laughs> I want to speak for myself, but I know for other people too, like, have you always been an action oriented person or was taking action in this way, like and pushing through that? Was that really challenging for you? That was a learned behavior. Absolutely. It was, it was so terrifying getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. That's one of the scariest things ever. Right. And so many people stay small because of that right? They totally. Oh, I love that you just said that for sure. Yeah. And it was a learned behavior and it was through all this work that I've done. And now, now I love change. I love giving, getting out of my comfort zone. I love doing things that absolutely terrify me because I know that on the other side of that is growth. And I've just become, I've become addicted to personal growth. I've become hooked on it. And it really is, my life really does revolve around it. Like I still am reading every book, 
going to every workshop, putting myself out there, but it took a long time to get there. And I think, I think it took seeing how much I grew from it, you know, and seeing that when you take risks, there's really amazing rewards on the other side. And even if there is no reward, you're going to learn something, right? Even if you fail, you fail forward and you learn, but it took a long time. I used to be very shy. I used to not want to do anything out of my comfort zone. I was terrified and it took a long time, but it's, it's one of the best things I do for myself is to just constantly push myself out there. I really appreciate you sharing that. I'm curious, how did you track that change? Like, how did you, what are ways that you reflected to like be able to see your progress? That's such a good question. I I don't know that I, I don't know. I think I just felt different. I, I felt different and the things that I was focusing on were different and my drive was different. Like I, I have such a hunger now for growth and for creating things and for helping people. And, you know, I'm, I just started another company where we're going to start giving uh, personal development events around the Bay. And it's just this drive in me that I didn't have before. Yeah, I, It was just, I was too scared. I was too wrapped up in my own head. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question other than it was just a feeling and how I, how I hold myself now, how I move through the world, my confidence level. I was very insecure for a very long time about my physical body, about everything, my abilities, my talents, everything. And Mm -hmm. there's just this, I just have no doubt about it now. It's just this confidence. And that took a long time to get here. A long, long time. Of course. I think that, you know, when people face abuse or when there are, you know, it feels like for such a long time, you really weren't um, allowed to take up space, allowed to like embody space from people who should you know, give everyone in their lives that opportunity, um, being told that your space wasn't the same as somebody else's space. And I think that it's so beautiful to hear you really crush that notion and to really say like, actually, okay, I was right this whole time. This is all scary and really horrible, but actually there are all these resources that say I should take up space. Like this is what I meant to do and what other people are meant to do. I'm curious, what are some ways that you have reprogrammed because your book is called change your mind to change your reality. What are some of the biggest ways that you have changed your mind? That's a big question. And I love it. And I I also just want to point out that you said everybody like deserves that, right? Like everybody can change in this way, you know, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what life's thrown your way, whatever circumstances, whatever you've gone through in the past, you have the capability and the possibility to live a really big life, a life that you would really love. And I think that's really important. It makes me want to cry. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. And so many people need to be told that, you know, because they're not told that. Um, and now I, for, oh, your question was really awesome. Okay. So how did I change my mind? 
Well, I mean, I it it was literally over two decades in in the making, and it was it was. No one's actually asked me this, even though the book is all about it, and I love that. So, I think it started with getting all this knowledge, right? This knowledge about different spiritual spirituality, uh, quantum physics, uh, everything like reincarnation, uh, yoga, meditation psychology, like all of it. And then once I had all of this information in my head, it was trying all these different healing modalities. And I've tried so many different things. And I think that you can learn something from everyone, right? If, if you go through the world and you think of everyone as your teacher, you are always learning. So even the people the, the, the teachers and the methodologies that like, didn't really have give me that huge breakthrough. I still took something from them and it was putting all these things into practice and little by little noticing how my world was changing. But I think it all started with just changing the way I thought, you know, changing the way I thought about the universe, about the law of attraction. Once I started using it and things were happening in my life and really amazing things, I was like, wow, it's like, I have magic powers. You know, why didn't anyone tell me this before? And everyone has that capability, right? So it was really, it was really a long process of trying everything and everything kind of chipping away. And simultaneously me getting really excited about the future and planning all these amazing things that were falling into place. So it was, it was kind of two parts, like, getting rid of all the emotional junk that I was holding on to because that's that's just poison, right? All those repressed emotions, those grudges that you hold on to, um, that anger, all of that trauma, like all of that is just junk. It's like a ball and chain that just wears, like weighs you down. So it's getting rid of all of that through all of the changing your mind and healing modalities and all these things. But then it's also getting really excited about the future and planning a life that you love and using the law of attraction and thinking about how quantum physics helps you bring anything into your life and realizing that you're this powerful being, right? We're just here having a human experience. Like this, this isn't who I am. This is just like a suit, right? Uh, we are so much more, we are so much more than we know. And life is so much bigger than we understand. There's so much more going on. And oh, so many yeah. people don't stop and just think about, you know, why are we here? You know, like if you think about it, the same like energy or being or life force or whatever you want to say that created trees and oceans and dolphins and the planets created one of you, right? Like you are here for a reason. Like you, the, the world would be missing something without your unique energy. And yeah. it's, it's just wrapping your mind around the world and life in this different way. And like the responsibility you have to be good and decent with your energy, like, like the responsibility to like embody that unique energy. Um, I think that, you know, for many people, it might be like what you just said might feel like a little woo woo, like out there, like, whoa, 
quantum what to what like you know and I think that for many people listening it might not be I think like there can be we can teeter along a line of like skepticism but dipping our toe into these areas which like I definitely fall along as well I love learning about all the things that you've just mentioned and dipping my toe in it and like kind of bringing it back and being like okay well what does that actually mean in my life and I feel like you know, for many people, it can be like, hey, I actually have the power to go outside today. You know, mm-hmm. like I have the power to go call a friend or um, I I have the ability and the privilege to speak to a person I really admire, you know, like all of these small little moments of like believing that you can actually put one foot in front of the other. And I think a lot of these ideas can seem really big. Um, Can you quantify maybe some like really small moments that you've had? Yeah. I, and I just want to also speak to what you just said about it being woo woo. That's why I love quantum physics because it's yeah. science. Right? Totally. Yeah. It's science and it's proving all of these things that all of these mystics and spiritual teachers have been saying for a long time. And even thinking about the law of attraction, there's a really biological way that we can talk about it with your reticular activation system. It's the RAS, it's the part of your brain that essentially tells your brain what to focus on. So we are constantly getting bombarded by trillions of pieces of information hitting our five senses, right? If you think about everything your five senses are taking in and you couldn't possibly focus on all of those trillions of bits of information at once, right? Like you would go crazy. You couldn't do it. So the RAS tells your brain, like, we're going to highlight this. We're going to bring this to the forefront. This is what's important to focus on so that when you're driving your car, you can focus on the road and focus on the steering wheel and focus on the brakes, right? And you're not getting bombarded by like the birds singing or like whatever's happening. And it does this the same way the law of attraction does is what you focused on in the past. So if you are focusing on let's say you had something really terrible happen in your past and you're focused on that and you're feeling those emotions of it, right? Your, your thoughts about your past create these emotions and maybe it's anger, maybe it's guilt or shame. And then because you're feeling that way, you start thinking more about it and you get caught in this loop and your body doesn't know the difference between the event actually happening or it being a memory of it. So the same chemistry is happening in your brain, right? The same um, chemicals are getting released. The same, uh, the same signals are hitting your nervous system. Your brain goes into incoherence, into high beta, and it starts sending signals down your nervous system. And your nervous system sends signals to your digestive system, your immune system, your endocrine system. And when your brain is in incoherence, your body is. So you're literally making yourself sick. So all of this stuff is science backed. So for anyone thinking woo woo, yeah, you can totally look at it from that side, but it's all two sides of the same coin, the law of attraction, quantum physics, everything I just described. It's, it's all the same. So you have to break that cycle, right? You have to break out of those emotions. You have to feel those emotions of the past. So you don't get stuck in that cycle. So you're not Because otherwise you're going to live 20 more years if you live 20 more years and you're going to live the same year 20 more times, 
right? right? Because you're feeling the same emotions, you're thinking the same thoughts. And psychologists say that 70 to 90% of people's thoughts are negative and re- repetitive. So every single day, you're thinking the same thoughts as you did yesterday. So, you know, whether whatever side you want to look at it from, this is real, right? And you have to do the work to release it. And I'm sorry, I totally went off on a tangent. And I no, I love that. I just wanted to just it's so funny, because on video, when I edit my show, when I'm like, super hardcore listening to someone, I look like the screen has frozen. Like I (laughs) just so zoomed in. And that's how I felt listening to you right now, because I just genuinely feel like I actually feel like we need more of that. Those moments of really describing the process of what's happening in our bodies and really having the clarification of like both of these sides of our worlds, you know, the spiritual and the metaphysical and like everything comes together really cohesively. And I think that's so gorgeous because it's like our bodies are just so intuitive and so programmed to do right by us. you know. And I think that's what you're describing in so many ways. I I was going to ask you what are some of the like really small kind of tangible moments that you've had. Um, But I actually think that you just really did describe that was like feeling your feelings and like really um, understanding how that's processed in your body and like really moving through it. Um, Our hour together flew by. Oh, wow. I <laughs> would love to have you come back again and chat more about all of this because I first and foremost want everyone to go get your book and read your book. So where can they go get your book? Yeah, so it is everywhere you get your book. So it's on Amazon in paperback, ebook and audiobook. It's at Barnes and Noble, uh, Walmart, Apple Books, Books a Million. So Change Your Mind to Change Your Reality by Chris Ashley. I love it. I will link all of that in the show notes. Um, And I also just want to thank you so much for sharing your story. I know we focused in on a lot of your story and a lot of the, the ways that you started to heal yourself. And I'd love to have you back to like dive even deeper into all of this, if, if you'd like. And um, I think that the work that you're doing is really beautiful and that so many people, um, deserve to have these resources in their lives to be able to move forward in the way that you have. So thank you so much for coming on and chatting about your story and this work. Yeah, I agree. Everyone needs this information needs to be accessible to everyone. Cause like you said, even just having that knowledge of what's going on inside your body just changes the way you view things when you're in that panic mode. Right. Um, but thank you so much for having me on. I would love to come back. It's been really great to you. I can't believe an hour is over. <laughs> I know it really did flow, flow by and like it flew, honestly. Um, yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being here again. And if you're listening to this, um, please, please, please go get Chris's book and please read it and start your healing journey. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just so thrilled to have had you as a guest on this show. And if you're listening to this, please never forget that your story matters and your voice matters. And I will see you on the next episode of the Amplify Her podcast. Bye everyone. I am
am so grateful that you've listened to this episode of the Amplify Her podcast. If you're listening to this and you don't follow the show, one thing that would help the show tremendously is if you open that Apple app, if you're listening to it on Apple, click on the title of the show and on the top right hand corner, click that plus sign so you don't miss an episode. Not only does it help me to grow this show, but it helps you to be in the loop when episodes drop every Wednesday and every Friday. If you're listening to this show on Spotify, click on the show title of this episode to take you to the full listing of them and click follow. That way you won't miss a new episode as it comes out. For more information about the Amplify Her podcast, Amplify Her media, and the Amplify Her networking group, head to www.amplifyhermedia.com.